0: What are you expecting for God to do in 2020? And maybe on a personal level, maybe you'll get so serious about it that you'll tell somebody, say, you know what, I'm really praying that God will do this in me. How many of you know it's, it's a whole lot easier for you to control what happens to you than it is what happens with other people? You know what I'm saying? I mean, you can, you can ask for your boss to, you know, to, to start giving you pay hikes and pay raises and stuff like that, all right? But that's, that's not really, you know, the, the realm in which you, your happiness or your joy should come from. It ought to come from you recognizing the Lord is your source, right? So right now, I want to just take a moment. We're going to do that. And uh, it just in, in uh, go ahead and, and find, like, groups of three or four, all right? And uh, just, just stand up. Everyone stand up right now. Stand up right now. If you're a guest here today, I know this might put you off a little bit, uh, but I I want you to see how much people care about you. Find two or three people, all right, that's right there close by. Talk to them right now and say, I'm believing God for this, whatever it is, and then we're going to pray for that in just a moment. Just explain what it is first, then we're going to pray, all right? Go to somebody. If you don't see somebody, talk with someone else. Go to someone. Two to three people. Don't pray yet. We're just explaining what it is right now. Here we go, almost done, almost done explaining. Some of you may be done because there might be only be two of you. Just be patient. What do you believe in God for? What do you need God to do in you or through you this year? All right, I see some smiles on some faces. Is it a big thing or is it a small thing? All right, here we go. We're going to pray. If you didn't get it all, you guys can continue to pray through it, all right? Right now, grab the hand of the person next to you, and let's begin to pray that those things will be done. Father, we come to you right now in Jesus' name, and we declare that you have given to us access into the supernatural. You've given us divine weapons to pull down strongholds that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. And together, at the very outset of this year in 2020, we declare that you are the ruler and the reigner of our hearts. You, Lord, are in charge of our destiny. God, we submit to you, we yield to you, and we declare that you will do things that are seemingly impossible, that, Lord, great faith will arise within us and we'll begin to walk in a whole new place. Lord, I pray that great expectations would start to take place in us I pray that those things that were held off, those things that we felt were reserved for somebody else, that we realize that those blessings are for us. Lord, today is a day. Today is the day of salvation. Today is a day of being set free. I thank you for freedom. I thank you for liberty. God, I thank you for addictions being broken. I thank you for homes being restored. I thank you, Lord, for health coming back to bodies. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, let everybody who said that and believes it say, in Jesus' name, amen and amen, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Come on. Give the Lord a clap offering right now. You can be seated. I feel really great. I don't know what happened. Uh, since I, I got up, my voice is just a little bit um, a hoarse, but I feel great. So you'll have to just endure with me. I'm, I'm going to use this mic because I think I can project a little bit more into it uh, today than I can with the uh, headset. But I'm, I'm just so excited and looking forward to uh, this year, 2020, and I'm looking forward to it because some of us, we didn't know if we'd ever see this year. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, you know, we wonder, well, gee, Lord, we're really still here? <laughs> I mean, how many of you are surprised that we're still here? Come on, raise your hand if you're surprised that we're still here. All right. As some of you are, you know, because you've been hearing this for year after year after year, right? For many years now, the, Jesus is coming back, but here is the thing that I want you to understand about you being here and what message that God is wanting to send to you today. And that is that he is relying on and trusting in you. Listen to me. He is relying on and trusting in you that you will be his ambassadors, that you will be his agents, that the love that he has for that sinner who feels like they don't deserve to have another chance, to have another opportunity. He is relying and trusting that you will be his hands and his feet extended. I'm sensing something here today. Someone's going to get a commission today. Someone's going to get enthused and inspired about what it is that you're supposed to do. Someone is going to let faith arise within them today and understand that I cannot go through another year. I cannot go through another decade and just be able to get to the end of it and say, wow, that went really fast. I want to be able to look back after my year is finished, after my week is finished, after my month is finished. I mean, we need to start be, being evaluators of what God is doing in our lives so we can know whether or not we're making a difference. I, I, we, we've got to get ready. We, well, the time is short, church. And the thing is, even if the Lord tarries, which means holds back from his coming and his return. There is something that is happening in the, in the spirit realm, in the, in, the, in, the, in the world of darkness, all right, and that is that there's more and more of a hardening of people's hearts and even a falling away of some of the saints. And so even if Jesus doesn't come back for 5, 10, 20, or even another 100 years, your role is not to be played down. It is not to be made little because you will not be alive per se in the physical sense to see his return. But you would instead have this responsibility to, to stop and to, to, to push back the gates of darkness so that more and more people can know Jesus. You see that? We we, we get so motivated and demotivated or unmotivated at the same time because of the things that we Expect And when it doesn't become a reality, we move into the spiral of decay and, and discouragement. When sometimes the greatest task that's before us, the greatest opportunity, the greatest thing that the, that the Lord will have you to do is just to be a vessel of his right in your given area, right in your family, right in your job, young people, right in your school, wherever you're at. The world is sick. How many of you know what I'm talking about? The world is sick, and they need the gospel. I wonder how many of you remember this commercial. I want you to go ahead and take a look at this, all right, for a moment. Go ahead. Hopefully it works. Uh, start that over if you want. They need to hear the very beginning of that. Thank you. How many I remember this? You worked too hard, you ate too much, the cheesecake made you greedy. Let your aching head and stomach hear this message from old Speedy. Alka-Seltzer, plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Those Speedy bubbles relieve your upset stomach and headache fast. For acid indigestion alone, Alka-Seltzer gold. Oh, what a relief it is. What a relief. <laughs> you, work too hard, you All right, 1976, <laughs> just a few years ago, that came out. Now, the medicine was around before then, but the little uh, jingle and such that came out really became popular. And how many of you have heard that jingle before? Raise your hand if you've heard that jingle before. So you know about it, right? And, and, and uh, you know, I, I, I can remember the very first time I tried Elko all right? How many can remember the very first time? I had no idea what I was in, about to embark upon, all right? The, the, the salty taste of that. And so I'm like, what in the world? They call that stuff medicine? I spit it out as fast as it went in my mouth. I don't know. I said, I've got to come another way. But the, the fact of the matter is my flesh didn't like it, all right? My taste buds didn't like it. But it had the opportunity to do something in me. Now, today in this year, let me say this. I want to introduce a word to you that I believe the Lord has laid upon my heart for this, this year. And I don't want to belittle it or or downplay it or allow for you to think that I, I just want to um, uh, think funny as far as the plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Okay? But the effects of what that plop, plop, fizz, fizz is, I think is going to carry a word picture for us throughout this whole year, if you'll allow it to be, all right? The very word that the Lord has laid upon my heart for the, the year of 2020 is this, that activated. Say activated, all right? Put that up on the slide there. Activated. Now, I want you to ponder and think about what does that mean for me? What does it mean for me? We've already said that the world is sick, right? We've shown a little commercial, and we've shown the world's solution to a, a physical problem, whether it be a headache or whether it be an upset stomach or whether it be something that they would just drop these tablets in to this, this, this body of water, this glass of water, that there would be a reaction that would begin to happen. Now, the play on words is this, obviously, and we've used it before, and that is that we believe in the gospel, Right? But it is the gospel. (laughs) And I wonder if that gospel, that good news, could be put within us so much so. And we could be so enthused about it that whatever ails us, whatever ails the world around us, that we were activated in prayer. We were activated in our fasting. We're activated in our worship. We're activated in service. We're activated, whatever it is that you want to be activated in. But you know what? I think we need to understand that today is the day to take action. This year is the year to become activated for the Lord. We cannot sit back and just wait for somebody else to do it. The Lord is relying on and trusting in each and every one of us. You're here today to hear a message from the Lord, and you're here so that that would would challenge you, and that you that would uh, that you would move into a realm of evaluation. So you sit there and say, "I cannot go through another year and end it the same way. I've got to do something different." No, if you're a guest here today, and I'm not going to make you raise your hand or anything like that, you've heard and already seen in our... In our uh, bulletin and also in our announcements, something about this fasting, something about prayer and fasting. Now, most of us here are regular uh, here, and we're going to talk about this subject matter of prayer and fasting. But I want you to get a picture today, hopefully, of what this prayer and fasting will do for you, you know, and, and do for the kingdom. If you will gravitate, if you will get a hold of it, if you'll understand that this is just one of the activating processes so that we can do something that otherwise we wouldn't be able to do. There's things that I can do. There's there's giftings that I have that the Lord has given to me. And he's given to each and every one of you. And we can go about and we can be a, a blessing and we can do good to the world in which we live. But something begins to be compounded. Something begins to take and, and, and things begin to fly and excel at a whole nother level when you get to the end of yourself. When you get in, in a cooperation with the giftings that the Lord has given to you. And that anointing comes on you and you're able to do something that you otherwise couldn't do. The problem that a number of people have today is that rather than getting activated, they're deactivating by choice. They don't want to take the medicine. They don't want to deny the flesh. They don't want to be unpopular. They don't want to seem to be irrelevant. My goodness, I talk about the importance of being relevant, all right, but not to the extent to where we would cease to be like him. The world would tell us today that there's a different definition of things than what there once was when the Bible was being written. I know that words have changed and their meanings have changed we need to be in prayer because there is an all-out assault against the body of Christ, against the kingdom of God and the world in which we live. And I'm thankful that Jesus and John the Baptist came and and said that the kingdom of God is at hand. Guess what? That kingdom is represented. It's not something that we're just waiting for to happen, All right, But we're all part of that kingdom right now. It's not a place. It's not a geographical location. It's something that we ascertain. It's a place where we go in the spirit realm, where we understand that he has given us the ability to make a difference in people's lives. We were dead in our transgressions. We were unable to help ourselves. And he said, I've got an answer for you. I've got an answer. And it's called the good news of Jesus Christ. That good news says you can't do anything to save yourself. You can't do it. The very things that this pastor is going to talk to you about today are going to be about some physical things, all right? But they in themselves, the physical things that you do, they are not what breaks that bondage alone. You heard what I said? Alone. It's important for you to understand. We cannot expect that God doesn't expect us to do our part. He goes on and he says, hey, listen, make every effort. That means he's counting on me to do something. I'm excited. I'm excited about the activation process. I'm excited about signing up. I'm tired that the enemy has come in and is wreaking havoc within the body of Christ all across this nation and across, all across the world the way he is. I'm tired, and I mentioned a little bit about a couple weeks ago about the political divide that we have and that we would think that just because we have opposing views when it comes to the way in which government should be handed out in regards to the way social programs should be handed out and, regard, you know, and, and, the, and dealt with and those types of things, that we could not be family, that we could not be loving. I've heard people on both sides of the fence that would say it. I've heard individuals who say, listen to me, if if you stand for this particular political party because of their platform, I don't know how you could be a Christian. You need to think about that for a moment. (laughs) Now, You have your political leanings. You have your political standings. But the way in which we talk, are we helping one another to know that we love each other in spite of our differences? There's been some serious things that's taken place over the course of the last week. The news came out that the United Methodist Church has come up with agreement, an agreement whereby they're the largest Protestant denomination in the land today. And they voted one year ago, and there were celebrations, at, well, in May of this uh, 2019, that they were going to stick to the traditional Definition of marriage, and I'm, I'm summarizing it, but basically, where they they would they would still declare that homosexuality or the practice of that is a sin, and it is not recognized, and that's what they came up with. and, and there's been such a fraction and fracture within their ranks that they've come to, to come to an agreement and said, "There's people who's not going to put up with it, and so they're going to put it up for a vote in this May to divide, and those that believe one way are going to go one way." And the other's another, and we've seen it happen in the episcopal movement. we've seen it happen in the Presbyterian movement. we've seen it happen in in, in um church of uh I want to say this right It's not all Church of Christ there's different churches of Christ and stuff like that but but there and I'm not saying these names to to point out to you and say <laughs> these are, are 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 wicked people, but these these if the, if you support something against the Word of God, you're an error. God doesn't quit loving you, all right? I'm not trying to make anybody who's a guest here today feel uncomfortable. If you're, you're struggling with any particular area or understanding anything, listen, this pastor loves everybody because Jesus loves everybody. And that love will give correct truth to whomever is seeking it and will say, hey, listen, do you want to know what it is is expected of you in order to have eternal life? And first of all is to believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God and he's come to take away the sins of the world. That's the first responsibility that you have. And the second is this, because he's done this for you, that you will choose to live all of your life for him. You will follow after him. You allow for the sanctification process that he begins." That he he started and he finishes in you, all right, to be be something that glorifies him. But you got to tell the truth if we're doing something different than what God would have us do. And that means we have to take a stand against this idea that you can practice homosexuality and still be going to heaven, or that you can be practicing premarital sex and still going to heaven or that you could be a liar and still go to heaven. Hello. (laughs) You can't gossip. You can't be a divider. You can't. Listen, I'm going all over the place from where I thought I was going to go here today. But I believe that someone needs to hear this. Someone needs to understand on the very first day of of our Sunday, of our gathering here, what we stand for. All right. I don't stand for divisiveness. I stand for us to be together. But there are going to be things that's going to happen in these last days. and, and, And we cannot let them divide us. We cannot let them form, uh, let let those, the they out there make us think that we have to hate people because they think differently than us. My love is going to be constant, and it's going to be patient, and it's going to be kind, and it's going to be merciful, and it's going to be something that doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Oh, my goodness. How many of you have a struggle with that one right there? (laughs) Yeah. Because we we rationalize it, right? We say, well, we're not wise if we don't keep some type of record. But he says he doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Oh, my goodness. He really gives us as if we have never done it. I'm excited about what we have as far as the challenges and opportunities before us. I'm excited because God is counting on me. He's counting on you. He's put you here in the year 2020 in order to live, in order to be this difference maker that we're talking about. He's activating you to his service. If you're not involved in some type of service for him, then you're missing out on the blessings that he has for you. You might say, and you might, you, you, some of you have, have been in the body of Christ for a long time, and you find yourself ready to hand off the baton to somebody else. And that's fine, all right? But there's still more that you're going to do. You may do it at a different capacity, you may be sitting in a different seat on the bus. But guess what? You never get done with being a warrior of God. You never get done. You're activated. You're activated. I want to draw your attention to a particular scripture in James chapter 1, 22, that we're going to keep referring back to and talking about because I think it is just the, the activation verse that the Lord put in my heart, all right, for us to go. And it says this: it says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Hold there for a moment, please. Go back. Forgets what he looks like. And because he forgets what he looks like, there's no activity, there's no change. He forgets that that, that you need to maybe rearrange something, or straighten up some things. Listen, I don't go and look in the mirror to just be able to say, ooh, ah, don't I look fine. I look in the mirror to find out what's out of order. I look in the mirror to find out something's wrong. So I don't have my hair sticking up. Oh, I mean, wrong illustration, all right. You know what I'm saying? But but some people want to go look in the mirror. And they just wanna adore themselves. Oh my goodness, I did a good job. (laughs) Isn't that good? Isn't that fine? I mean look 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 what I've done. I put that makeup on just right. I fixed that hair just right. That clothes, don't that man, that fabric, it just makes your eyes pop. I think you ought to wear that outfit a lot. You know what I'm saying? We look in the mirror because we want to find out what's wrong, right? And then also what's right. But he says, anyone listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks his face in a mirror and immediately forget what he looked like. Listen, verse 25 says this But, say, but, the man who looks intently into the perfect law, the law is not dead, all right? The law is not useless. The law shows us how our shortcomings, but the law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, say, doing it, he will be blessed, say, blessed in what he does. (laughs) How many want to be blessed? Guess what? You got to be activated. You got to be activated. And this activation process is, is so important for us. I looked at some synonyms, synonyms I gotta say this right <laughs> synonyms for the word activate or activated, all right? And these are some that it came up. I said, to be one who's called up, is activated, mobilized, stimulated, switched on, triggered, turned on, actuated, aroused, <laughs> energized. Impelled, motivated, moved, prompted, propelled, start, stirred, set in motion, and I like this last one: taken out of the mothballs. <laughs> a synonym for activated is to be taken out of the mothballs. What kinds of things are put in? You know, in uh, in a place where mothballs need to be. Things that are stored, right? Things that are preserved for an occasion when you might use it. How many of you know that the mothballs got a certain odor to them, right? Not many people like to smell of that. The mothballs, all right. But the Bible says that there is a place that you will go. All right. There's a reward that you can have, where what mothballs, moths will not destroy. Where rust will not destroy. There's a place that you will go. There's a work that you are doing that is causing for there to be a greater effect. Hopefully. But not for the one who looks at the mirror and walks away and forgets what he looks like. But for the one instead who, the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do it. That man, that woman will be blessed. We're moving and starting off this year as I have as a pastor started off in excess of uh, probably 15 years now. I can remember starting this and feeling like the Lord laid upon my heart to start out the year with not just a week of prayer but a time of 21 days of prayer and fasting. And some people might wonder, you know, well, what does that mean? I mean, I, I, I don't like to fast. Anyone like to deny themselves? Can anybody say, yeah, I like to deny myself? No, there are not many hands goes up, right? I, I, but I can recall the, the very first time in which we did it, and, and um, I, I actually went some prolonged time went in a, in a total fast. And I can remember there's some times when I thought in my flesh I was going to die. The headaches that came from the lack of my Mountain Dew which has caffeine, obviously, in it. But I tell you what, church, there's been some pretty awesome things that's taken place in my life. I believe I I represent this. (laughs) I don't say that arrogantly to you, but I'd say to you, I feel like I am blessed in what I do. Because I've heard the word of the Lord, and I want to do it. I want to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. I want to be someone, and, I, and, and I'm asking the Lord to continue to search me out, to, to be able to find those things in me, those crevices, those nooks, those places that are hidden that need to be turned over, that need to be cultivated so that I could be doing something more effective than what I'd done the year before. And there's 21 days this time that has, I think, biblical precedents. It's it's not a formula that, that has to be held to. And if someone only does 10 days or 5 days or 3 days or even one day, that you're any less spiritual, all right? But but it's an opportunity that we could see that there seems to be a pattern of something that took place. And it's like, hey, if he did it, we can do it. If Daniel did it, we can do it. And I want you to know that it's, it's so important for you to realize What's taking place when we do this this, uh, prayer and fasting? It's not that we are trying to strong arm God. I want to get that out of the way right now. You cannot do any physical action to where you can then offer up to the Lord in your prayer, in your communication, in your relationship with him and say, all right, Lord. I've done this, 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 and this. I've prayed this many minutes. I've read this many scriptures. I've went to this many church services. I've even been to this many prayer services. And therefore, you have to. You have to do this. It's It's not a strong arm. Now, there is a difference when you can state the word and say, and your word says. And your word says that you will do this. What his word says is that the person who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do it, continues to do to be a doer of the word, that person will be blessed. The person who is who is activated, who is going about and doing something. You know how many people get an analysis paralysis. You ever hear that before? Where you, you just look at it, look at it, look at it, and try to figure out what does God want me to do? I have talked to people who have been in the body of Christ for 10, 15, and even 20 years and still looking for what God wants them to do. Can I tell you that they got analysis paralysis, right? I mean, they are stuck. And then you got some individuals who every dream that they have is a word from the Lord. I'm not, I'm not downplaying dreams. I'm just telling you, every dream that they have is a word from the Lord. How many of you had some dreams that you like, that wasn't from God? <laughs> yeah, right? How many of you had some ambitions and some, some, some zeal that swelled up within you, and you're just like, I think this is the Lord. He wants me to go do this. And only later on figured out that, well, maybe that wasn't quite God. <laughs> Anyone do that before? Doesn't it make it a little bit challenging and difficult when we're going to be real with one another and we're going to say, you know what, we are trying to hear the voice of someone who's invisible, whom we can't see, and really doesn't give audible words to us on a regular basis at all. And oh, by the way, I've got to trust my brother or sister who sit there and say that they hear from the Lord as well, and some of the things don't quite line up with what I thought the Lord should be speaking. It's a dilemma, is it? I just want to be real with you today. I do not want you to walk in here and walk out and think that anybody who comes up to you and says, Listen, I've got a word from the Lord for you. That's great. I want to hear words from the Lord, but it's going to be tested, it's going to be preyed upon. And I really think that the Lord is going to be preparing my heart, preparing my, my spirit, that it will bear witness with my spirit that he is doing that, that he's speaking that to me. It's going to bring a confirmation about something else, all right? I want to be a doer of the word. I want to access all of the gifts that the Lord has for us. But I want us to realize that, that there's, there are some challenges that we have. There's some, there's some challenges that we have in the in the world in which we live, because the world in which we live is trying to play us off as weak, play us off as ignorant, Emot- people who are emotional, who needs emotional crutches, individuals who really want the government to go ahead and do. <laughs> what God's given us the assignment to do. Hello? I am looking forward to this year. I'm looking forward to being stretched. I'm looking forward to stretching others. I'm looking forward to God doing things through us that otherwise could not be done. If we didn't fall upon our faces before him and say, Lord, we've come to the end of ourselves. But we think that you want us to do this. We think that you're saying this and we're going to step out of our comfort zone and we're going to give. We're going to work. We're going to pray. We're going to do what you called us to do and expect for you to make a difference. Hmm. Sherry, that's what you're doing, right? Chosen Ministries. Leanne sitting back there with you, right? Back there. I see. I can't see you with the lights, everyone, but got anyone else in here with us in the ministry? Where are we at? Over here? Okay, good. Happy to know that somebody heard the voice of the Lord and says, You gotta do something to provide activity and structure and a place to go of safety for young ladies of our community because the devil's after them. He's after the young men too, but, but she's heard this from the Lord and she's gathered some people around her and, and they said, we're going to make a difference. And you know what? The leadership of this church has also said, we hear that, we see that, we agree with that. We believe that the resources that the Lord has given to us are to be used to make a difference. I want to see us do something that we haven't done before, church. In 2020, we are what we are right now as far as in size and as far as in resources. We had larger numbers as far as in the history of Central Assembly of God. But it does not by any means limit what God can do for us and through us in any magnitude whatsoever in the future going forward. We can't look at what we have in our hand and judge what God can or cannot do. Because he says, go in my strength. Who will be a Gideon? Who will be a Jonathan? Who will climb up the side of a mountain, of a cliff and say, who knows that maybe the Lord will give us victory today? And oh, by the way, i got a kind of quirky way to try to figure out if it's a Lord who's telling me to do this or not. I don't know if you know this story, but look it up. Jonathan, Going on the side of the cliff. I'm just trying to follow the Spirit's leading today. Some of you need to know, all right, that God's asking you to do some things that are outside of the realms of normality. He's asking you to step outside of those things that are natural and asking you to do something that will stretch yourself where you'll have to believe God. You'll have to believe God. Jonathan says to his servant, I think the Lord was going to give us victory today. We're outnumbered. We've got the lower ground. But I'm going to go on up, and here's the sign that I'm going to know the Lord has given us victory today. And that is, if once I get up to the top, they haven't killed us first, they calm us over and say, Come on over. Come on over. How many of you know that the enemy calls you on over, all right, when they're trying to kill you just a little bit ago? There ought to be a little bit of suspicion, right? But not in the heart of Jonathan because he felt like that's what the Lord spoke to him. And when they call you over, they're inviting you in. And coming right before you is going to be the armies of God. And something's about to take place. Something's about to happen that otherwise wouldn't happen if you wouldn't have taken some type of initiative. If you wouldn't have started to climb up that cliff. And if your servant who was with you said, you know what, I'm right by your side. Count on me. If you're going up there, I'm going up there. I'm so excited that we don't have to do things alone. That prayer that we prayed at the beginning of all this should help you realize you're not supposed to be alone. It's not a spiritual exercise. It's not even something I'm trying to do as far as to create another tradition. But there ought to arise something within you, a realization that the Lord is wanting to do something through us all together that we could not do alone. Blessed will be the one who does the word of the Lord, the one who's activated. Some of the motions that we do, I want you to draw your attention now to Exodus chapter 17. Over the course of the next few weeks, we're going to, um, I'm going to be Giving a lot of material to you. And the material that I'm getting give to you, and, and I like to get to carry on even throughout the years, is gonna be from different sources. Um, people whom I respect, ministries that I respect, individuals that have been successful in in doing a, a twenty-one day fast or fasting in, in, at all in, in general. How many of you heard of Franklin uh Jensen Franklin? All right, all right. If you haven't, he's, you're going to be looking him up. Uh, you When you came in today, each of you should have received a sheet upon uh, some of the ways and, and, and resources and, and uh, websites and stuff like that that you can go to in order to help you on this Daniel fast if you so choose to do it. Once again, I didn't say this, i say once again, but if you decide to do the Daniel fast, the Daniel fast, basically I'm just going to summarize it as this, is eating things that are natural, okay? It can still be cooked, it can still be steamed, it can still, you know, but things that are uh, all natural in the sense of, uh, uh, and not delicacy. So it's basically fruits and vegetables. You can summarize it with that, and then it gets into some more specifics with regards to that when you go to some of these websites and things there. But I said all that to say I'm not going to be checking your menu to see what you're doing to see if you're being spiritual or not. Some of you, and I heard some person, I hope they don't get, they, they don't get embarrassed over this, but they just said, you know what, Pastor, for me it would be a, a, uh, a fast for me not to eat any fast food. And there's not a thing wrong with that. For some, they're going to fast uh, something else with regards to uh, technology. Some people say they're shutting down Facebook. I, I, I find myself kind of spending a lot of time there, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get off of that or I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that as much or or other types of things, whatever it is. And we're gonna talk about the meaning for it and, and what it means, but but doing something physical is, is what we're gonna get to here, all right? So listen, in Exodus chapter 17, I want you to see something. I wanna show to you today that the Lord wants us to do. Physical things to get the supernatural going. He will have you do physical things. You getting up out of bed and coming here to church today was a physical action that you did in order for a spiritual thing to take place. Hmm. There's an event happening here in Exodus chapter 17. And it says here that the Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. And, and tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. Go ahead. And so Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, her, and her went to the top of the hill. And as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were, weren't, were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. All right? When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Now, this is pretty awesome. But it doesn't feel real spiritual. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I mean... It doesn't say that they went down and they made an altar. And they brought a sacrifice. And they hollered out to God. They didn't do any circles. They didn't do any dance. They didn't sing any songs. In this particular occasion, the parts of the equation that was going to work was that Moses' hands had to be up. And they understood that when the hands came down... They would start to lose, but as long as the hands were up they were winning I mentioned those other people as far as that that uh, um, that I want you to look at with uh, on the sheets that are there because this that I'm speaking about these points I'm giving to you right now are, are from one of jensen's Franklin's messages that he talks about about how there is seen within uh, uh, what things are working in the unseen because of the physical things that we do and I want you to understand that that the Lord Many times, all right, listen, it isn't the physical. It isn't about how strong you are as far as in stature. It isn't about the strength that you have with, with muscle tone or anything like that that makes you strong or weak, all right? You can be the, the weakest person physically, but you can have the, the most spiritual impact if you'll understand who you are in Christ. But here in this particular occasion, the Lord had it attached. With winning and Moses' hands being up, losing meant and then they we're going down. Now, someone who thinks they've got it all figured out will try to go and make a doctrine out of this. And think that that's why we've got to have our hands raised up. The reason we're not winning is because we're not walking around with our hands raised up. You all need to figure out something so that you can prop up your arms. Just walk around and you got stilts on them like this wherever you go. And you'd be winning, right? (laughs) That sounds ridiculous, does it? Not? But yet we attach those types of crazy things to some of the other activities that we do. I want to make sure that this prayer and fasting isn't done that way. I want to make sure that you understand that the Lord does call us to some things that we can find scripturally based that happen over and over again, all right? But it isn't something that we can just do and we can brand. Jesus didn't go around to every blind man that he saw and spit in the mud and then put it in their eyeballs. He didn't do it to everyone. But you're going to find some consistency here in the Word of God with this idea of fasting and prayer, prayer and fasting, It is important for us. It is important here that Moses, his hands grew tired, but he continued to hold them up, and they finally won. I want to tell you something. The point I'm trying to make today is that our physical obedience brings spiritual release. And I can remember as a young man, and I will probably say, I'm guessing a little bit with it, but it was between when I was coming I was a still a tweener, alright? That means I was 11 or 12 years old, about to be 13. And I felt like the, the Spirit of the Lord was just working on me, and He was calling me, and He was saying to me, listen, you've got to have your own faith. You've got to have your own worship. you got to know why you're here. And and I love the Lord. From a young child, I can remember being fascinated with the call to the ministry. Didn't realize it was a calling that was probably happening at 7 or 8 years of age. But, but I can remember, though, at a 11 or 12, and and, and I, I didn't, we didn't go around our house and we didn't always just lift up our hands. I mean, Dad Dad had on Jimmy Swagger, all right? He had it on the hi-fi. How many of you know what the hi-fi is? Yeah, he had that on and, and the music was blaring every Sunday morning and such. But but listen, it, it, it wasn't something, I wasn't going around when I was 11 or 12 years old and, and I wasn't praising the Lord. So something was happening to me during the worship service. And that was this. Hey, how about you lift your hands? How about you begin to sing oh, I love to sing, all right? I, I, but, 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 but lifting my hands couldn't do it was a physical action that everybody else could see. And if my life didn't match what I was trying to do right there, at eleven years old I could feel the oppression of the enemy trying to say, you are not worthy to lift your hands because guess what? You're not that way all the time. And tried to shut me down in a physical activity that was absolutely necessary in order for me to be elevated and lifted up to the next place. Listen, how many of you know the Bible says, "Raise your hands, all you people." The Bible says, "Shout unto God with the voice of triumph." It says, "Clap your hands, all ye people." Right? Come on now. Some people wonder why we get excited or why we do it. We just practice Bible. But you know what? You can't practice somebody else's faith. It's got to be yours. And I can remember that the Lord said, there's going to be some things that you're going to do in the physical that has to be, that you're going to do that's going to bring a spiritual release. When I come down to an altar, and we make mention of this on a, on a regular basis, these altars are open, okay? And I know in society, maybe, maybe in society, it, it, we're, we're private people, we're internal people. And some people will say, well, you know, I'm really worshiping the Lord, but... I just don't. I'm not comfortable lifting my hands. Now I'm not trying to make you feel guilty if if that's where you're at. But you can only internalize it so long before you realize that the Lord's saying, "Listen, you're going to identify with me and realize the release that I'm going to give you if you begin to practice the outward manifestation of the things that's happening on the inside." When I come to an altar, it's an A L T A R. I'm getting altered, right? There's an alteration that's happening in me when I come to an altar. And, and, and we've, we've grown so private. We've grown so inward. Our society has told us that, listen, it's, it's not even right for us to do evangelism anymore because we are intersecting and in, 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 uh, uh, interrupting people's private world. I say enough is enough. I want to be a doer of the word. And the doer, and the word says that I'm supposed to be a witness. It says that the Holy Spirit came upon me so that I can have a power to be a witness, to testify to the good things of God. My goodness, I'm running out of time here. <laughs> Let me tell you, your relationship with your spouse will not grow deep or it won't be nurtured. It won't be something that will even be desirable if you think that just telling them you love them without showing them you love them, it it just doesn't work. You can't just say something and not do it. There was an old saying of a shirt that I had, you need to walk the talk, right? Right? I, I'm going slow here today because I want you to understand here, physical obedience brings spiritual release. I'm not wanting you to, to run, r- rush through this. I want you to understand that I'm not trying to attach something spiritual to just any physical actions that you do. Listen, there are some things that people blamed upon the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit didn't make them do. All it was was their response to the spiritual touch that was happening in them, all right? Listen, when we were growing up, we were called holy rollers, right? Right? We were called chandelier swingers, all right? We were pew jumpers, all right? There's all kinds of things that would happen. I've been in a few Jericho marches, all right, before, all right? I've ran around a little bit, okay? But listen, i got to tell you something. While that produced something within me that was exciting and maybe stirred up some other people and they saw I was excited, all right? It isn't so much that God makes us all do that or that we are measured by whether or not this happens to us or this doesn't happen to us. Does that make sense to you today? You see, but, but listen, if I'm not doing anything, if the, everybody's looking at me and not seeing anything that's outwardly manifested towards the presence of God in my life, I do have to ask myself this, who am I going to make a difference in? Who am I convincing that God has transformed me and changed me into something that I couldn't be without him? Praise to you, I want you to come if you would, please. running out of time. <laughs> but I think there's some physical things that the Lord wants to do in us. And I'm, I'm just going to pull back here. I don't, don't want to rush through these, these ne- next areas that are necessary here. I want you to understand what's happening when we allow for the physical things that the lord tells us to do and we do them out of obedience and how it will bring great gain i could give you case after case of physical things that was done i've given you some already but we we uh, t- spoke about the altar and we spoke about how important it is in order to to bring ourselves and humble ourselves before the Lord and, and uh, to, to allow for him to work. And you can do that laying prostrate. You can do that kneeling. You can do that standing up. You can do it with your eyes open or your eyes closed. But I don't think you can do it with much effectiveness unless you let somebody else know that you're letting the Holy Spirit change you. I don't think you're going to be able to do it without sharing with somebody else about some of the challenges that you've had in your life and what the Lord is doing. And how He's growing in you, because they're just going to look at you. If you, if we continue to promote to the world that Christians are perfect and we have no issues, we run the risk of making people think that they have to be perfect before they can be a Christian. And or when they get to see the inside of us and see that we're not, then they call us hypocrites. Isn't it better to be able to be excited and zealous about our relationship and the transformation the Lord's done in us and say, this is why I clap. This is why I get up in the morning and and go on a regular basis and gather together with the saints all the more as I see the day of the Lord approaching. This is why I do it because the word of God says to do it. And he says to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. How many are here with me today? You say, I want to be activated. I want to be activated. I want him to do something in me. I I, I want him to do something. And, and I'm going to pray and I'm going to fast. I'm going to look at the sheets. I'm going to go to those websites. Listen, there is an awesome 21-day devotional that's 174 pages long. That's written by Jensen Franklin. And I'm telling you what, your life will be touched and changed if you'll commit to go through that over the course of the next 21 days. Pastor, you had me. When you said hundred, anything over 100, I'm like, I ain't doing that. I, I, can I be real with you? Listen, we're never going to go up to the next level until we start to do some things that are in the physical realm that challenge us, that change us. I did not even talk much about the fasting and why it is the food stuff. But listen, I'm saying to my stomach, you will not control me. You are not my God. I don't need anything but His presence. He will sustain me. I can go 21 days and go without meat and go without cheesecake and go without pop and go without coffee. I can do that. And if I can't, then I'm too dependent upon the things of this world. If you have physical things that that make an extenuating circumstance for you, I, I, I I get that. But I wonder, I wonder today, what you would do today to say something physical I'm going to do to demonstrate that I love God more than I love myself. I'm going to be a little inconvenienced over the course of the next 21 days so that I can hear his voice. So I can get in a position to be a doer of the word. I could be looking at that mirror and remember what I look like and and go out as a blessed person, making the corrections and the adjustments that are necessary. (laughs) Close your eyes. Bow your heads with me right now. Lord Jesus, we come to you. Oh, Father, I ask you to do something within us in this year that is at a whole new level a whole new level. Lord, I pray that you would come into this place. God, that you would move within us and and cause for us to realize that you're calling us higher. You have bigger things in store for us than what we have even entertained. It's hard, Lord, to move out of our comfort zones. So God, I pray right now that the physical things that you desire for us to do, whether it be fasting, <laughs> TV, the internet, food, bread, or whatever it is, Lord, food items. I, by doing this, I'm demonstrating, I want you more than anything else. Move in me, I pray. Move within this congregation. God, we're asking for you to cause for us to be more effective than we've ever been before. More effective than on all those buses were going out into the neighborhood and they were caught bringing people in and, and there was Sunday school classes and those things were just happening. Th- th- those are the ways and the things that were working back then. But, Lord, what will work now? I pray, God, that we will seek you. We will search you out. We'll find out what it is that you would have us to do in this day and in this hour in a physical way so that we can hear your voice and we can do what you called us to do. Lord Jesus, move. Move in this body. I pray in Jesus' name.